The Hoosiers will have a visit with one of the top guards in the 2024 class this summer as their momentum on the recruiting trail continues. You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Tuesday, everybody. You are Locked On Hoosiers, your one and only daily IU podcast. We're part of the Locked On Network, your team every day. Free and available anywhere you guys listen to podcasts, including over on YouTube. Thank you guys for making us your first listen every single day. I'm your host as always, Jacob Rude. The Hoosiers have been riding a bit of a wave of momentum, at least when it comes to the uh, high school recruiting trail. And that momentum continued over the long weekend. We have a lot of things to catch up on. I hope you guys had a great Memorial Day weekend. Enjoyed the race, whether you listened to it, attended it, watched it, all of that stuff. Let's get caught up on all of the news from the weekend, starting with Boogie Fland, an absolutely A-plus name for a high school recruit. Boogie Fland is one of the top guards in the 2024 class, and he talked to uh, 247 Sports and Peegs and told him told them he intends on making a visit to Indiana this summer. Quote, I'm planning to make a visit in June to Indiana. They say they want me at their school and they're showing me they want me there. It's big news. I, I remember in previous uh, discussions we had with our locked on uh, recruiting insider at the time about whether momentum existed when it came to the recruiting trail. He argued it didn't, and it probably doesn't, uh, but I think there is some sort of an element to it. When more and more guys are visiting a school, uh, committing to a school, and showing interest in a school, as they have with Indiana over the past two years, really since Mike Woodson got here, I think there is some momentum you kind of can build up, and that eventually just becomes kind of credibility in what you are as a school. And it feels like that's what Indiana has been doing. Here's what Fland had to say about IU. And it's kind of to this point, I saw them play a couple times on TV. They're a winning program. And I like what they did with their freshman guard, Jalen hood Shafino right now. He's going through the draft process and everything and getting a feel for that. I, I won't beat the dead horse, but I've said many times what IU did with, uh, Hood Shafino is going to matter moving forward. They need to replicate that. But time and time again, over the past month, month and a half, as we talk about high school recruits, how many of them have mentioned Jalen Hood Shafino, him coming to IU and being a one and done and going into the NBA draft? It's not a coincidence. Who is Boogie Fland? Well, on top of having a great name, he does have a great game as well. 247 Sports composite rankings uh, list him as the number six prospect in the country as a combo guard listed at 6'3 and 165 pounds. Uh, he is someone that, according to kind of the scouting report on Peegs, is a point guard who can create for others, but also can create for himself. Has a lot of speed, 
uh, can make threes, get where he wants on the court, uh, outstanding speed with the ball in both hands, explosive, can attack the rim, has a bit of a mid-range game uh, and on top of being able to make threes. And the part that's going to appeal to Mike Woodson and the coaching staff is he can defend. Uh, Quote Flan's an outstanding defender who has the speed and quickness to guard multiple positions. Another aspect that make another aspect that makes Fland very appealing as a prospect. He's one of the younger players in the 2024 class. So this is kind of continuing the trend of IU really being in with some of the top guys in the 2024 class. You can look at the rankings at, at 247 Sports at least. Dylan Harper. IU is involved there. We've heard Dylan Harper talk about IU. Still seems like Duke's the leader there, but Dylan Harper is very much involved with IU. Flory Badunga, obviously, IU's involved there. We just mentioned um, uh, uh, Boogie Fland, an incredible name. Um, Derek Queen, IU's been involved in. and It seems like Maryland's the lean there, but IU's been involved with him. You got Flan McNeely. IU seems to be very heavily involved and maybe the front runner there. Uh, when it comes to him, those are all guys in the top 15 in the 2024 class. So a number, and, and that's not even all the guys. I was just the, the top 15. There's so many players from this 2024 class that IU has really made connections with. And 2023 was up in, up until Mbako, which kind of doesn't count that fall of 2023 when they missed out on so many guys. That one stung a little bit, but what I said at the time is that feels like the last remnants of Archie Miller and that coaching staff not really being good, <laughs> to put it bluntly, and that they weren't able to create relationships, and that was kind of the downside to that. We're seeing in the 2024 class how good this recruiting staff can be, and we'll see if it pays off, but all early signs seem to suggest that this could be a really big class for Indiana. A couple other things on Fland. IU watched him in the April evaluation period at the second Nike EYBL stop. Brian Walsh was there and made it, made sure Boogie knew that he was there and stuff like that. So IU has recruited him this summer and that's part of the, his quote where he said, they, uh, they're showing me, they want me there. It's stuff like that. So He'll be on campus in June. We'll see. We know what happens when, when prospects get on campus. IU really seems to make an impression with them. So getting guys on campus, getting, uh, allowing them to kind of sit down with Mike Woodson and seeing Bloomington and, and rolling out the red carpet for them has had success. It's going to happen with a number of guys, I think, in this 2024 class, but we'll see how it goes. It, it, it could be a really big summer into the fall for this class. IU Baseball is going back to the NCAA tournament. We'll talk about that, what's in store for them uh, this weekend as they head to a familiar place in Lexington, Kentucky. We'll talk about all that here in a moment. First, let's talk about Built Bar. Everybody knows how much we love Built Bar around here because they are healthy and taste amazing. It feels like there should be a catch, but when you bite into it, 100% real chocolate, all the amazing flavors, churro, peanut butter brownie, cookies and cream, tons of others. 
but there isn't one. Only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 17 grams of protein. Uh, and now you don't have to wait f- uh, to get a box. You you can still go to Built.com, have the wide array of selections, but you do have to wait like a week or so to get that. If you don't want to do that, head to Walmart, head to Sam's Club. They're available in both locations. You guys can pick them up there today. So go try them out next time you're going grocery shopping or stopping in at Walmart, whatever it may be, and you guys can thank me later. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Big shout out to you guys for making us your first listen every day. Uh, Every dayers throughout this week on the show. We'll really dive into these season recaps because we're we're to the bare bones part of the summer. We're actually going to start downshifting to three shows a week. I don't know if it'll happen yet. Uh, this week, because it, it's basically once we get to June, uh, we'll probably finish out this week doing a show every day, but uh, starting next week, we'll go to th- three shows a week, at least through June. We'll see how things go, but um, we'll, we'll continue doing these season recaps and, and get you uh, keep giving you that daily content throughout the rest of this week. Also, make sure you guys uh, check out starting Thursday NBA Finals. I, I've been talking about it. Miami won Game 7 in Boston on Monday night. And that means Cody Zeller and Victor Oladipo with the Heat will face Thomas Bryant. I guess Victor is hurt. He won't necessarily face them. But three former Hoosiers in the NBA Finals, guaranteed at least one, maybe two of them will get rings uh, this month and a couple over the next couple weeks uh, we'll have a Hoosier with an NBA title so that'll be fun if you guys want to tune in and root for any of them in the coming weeks let's talk IU baseball um I could talk about the Big Ten tournament but I'd rather just pretend that didn't happen because boy what a disappointment that was uh we talked about them losing to Iowa and then they came out and got hammered by Michigan in a do or die game. So we're just not going to, we're just going to pretend it didn't happen. IU didn't play Michigan and their season ended with a lovely dovey one and one record in the big 10 tournament, whatever it may be. The Hoosiers will be going to Lexington. They make the NCAA tournament for the first time since 2019. Uh, actually just their 10th trip uh, total to the NCAA tournament, which is I mean, it, it it falls in line with kind of the success of what IU Baseball has been, but over the last decade, actually a little more than a decade, seems like the Hoosiers have been competitive, so I was a little surprised that number's so low, but over the last decade plus is about the only time IU has kind of been competitive, and it's not even been through that whole span. That's why they're making their first trip since 2019. They will go to Lexington, where the Hoosiers... 
Kentucky obviously being the number one overall seed in the region at least. And then you have West Virginia as the two seed, the Hoosiers as the three seed, and Ball State as the four seed, interestingly. Um, Let's talk about this regional first. Uh, The Hoosiers will play on Friday, uh, June uh, June 2nd at 7 p.m. on ESPN+. These games are going to be all over the place. And honestly, it's annoying, but can't really tell you where the games are going to be played because conferences have rights to some of these games. Like Kentucky's game that's played at noon on Friday is going to be on SEC Network. And some of the games other way are going to be on the ACC Network. And some are on ESPN. They're all over the place. What I can tell you is when IU plays West Virginia on Friday at 7 p.m., that game will be on ESPN+. Plus. If they win, they'll play the winner of Kentucky Ball State at 6. If they lose, they play the loser of Kentucky Ball State at noon on Saturday. So that's what we know now. I don't know where any of those other games will be. An interesting thing happened, though, and I didn't see a lot of explaining of this. I have a theory, but Indiana State hosted a regional And the Hoosiers did not go there. Location kind of matters in this. Not even kind of. It plays a a decent role in this. They keep everybody pretty close. (laughs) You don't get closer than Bloomington and Terre Haute. Uh, It's like an hour apart. They didn't send send the Hoosiers to Terre Haute. Indiana State's a one seed. Iowa's a two seed. North Carolina's a three seed. Wright State is the four seed. Part of this might be that they that's where Iowa needed to go and you're not going to have Big Ten teams in both and that's probably the reason for it. The Hoosiers shouldn't get any sort of preferential treatment for being a three seed. I also think that probably played a role into it that if you're going to have IU in a regional in Terre Haute, that's probably going to be an IU home crowd uh there's a pretty big fan base that would probably make the drive to Terre Haute to cheer on the Hoosiers that might have played a role into it but ultimately the Hoosiers will go to Lexington instead it's not that much different of a trip it's just also a little weird that North Carolina is going to go all the way from North Carolina up to Terre Haute instead of to Lexington but there's logistics in this that I'm sure um, played into that, and that's why the Hoosiers didn't go there. Again, they're the three seed. They shouldn't get any sort of kind of preferential treatment. I just was surprised because they named the 16 hosts before they named the whole bracket, and I was like, oh, Terre Haute, that's where Neanderthal is going to go, and then was surprised to see them land in Lexington the Hoosiers have a little bit of uh, experience this season playing the teams in this region. Uh, they lost to Kentucky earlier this season pretty badly, 12-2 to in seven innings. And uh, they did play Ball State as well. They played Kentucky on March 14th and lost that game. Uh, I believe they played Ball State later in the season in what is – a typical IU baseball score this year of 16 to 13. Uh, that game was in Bloomington. The Kentucky game, I believe, 
was in Lexington. So the Hoosiers have played at the uh, ballpark they will be at. They didn't win and they didn't play well, but they did play there. Um, interestingly, they did beat Indiana State during the season as well. This team has not advanced past the super re- or to the super regional, I should say, since 2013. It's going to be quite an uphill battle to do it this upcoming weekend as a three seed, but it it, it isn't worth a lot. The Hoosiers are the only 41 team in the in the region, so we'll see if the Hoosiers can bounce back from a pretty substandard Big Ten tournament performance and get some things right the pitching has got to improve but that's kind of been the mo on this team all season long is that the pitching has to improve uh particularly the bullpen we mentioned that the bullpen imploded a bit in that not even a bit imploded in that iowa game and then you give up 13 runs in a do or die type of game against michigan it's got to be better and that's going to make or break whether the Hoosiers make any kind of run in the tournament this year. So you guys can tune into that over the weekend, watch Indiana take part in the baseball uh, NCAA tournament in Lexington. We might, or we'll mention it a little bit on Friday, but we'll give you the recap of it next week on Monday. Let's talk about Kalel Ware. Someone we, we spent a whole lot of time talking about, and then have kind of moved on a little bit as, as other rumors have necessitated coverage. But he did an interview with some interesting quotes and thoughts and stuff for, for what he's doing this summer. We'll talk about that here in a moment. So Kalel Ware, not that long ago, uh, was the sole reason for excitement uh, for this Hoosier team might be a little bit harsh, but he, he brought a lot of excitement to this IU basketball team when he committed to the Hoosiers. We spent a whole week talking about him. If you guys want to go back and listen to those shows in case you missed them, if you're not an everydayer, I'm sure you everydayers remember him, but we spent the better part of a week talking how he fit, some of the players he was going to play with. We spoke to Locked On Oregon's host about how he played last season, so ton of stuff to talk about there or that we did talk about there. He did an interview with draft express, uh, over the weekend in which he talked about what he's been doing this summer. What I can tell you from this four or five minute interview, he is not a good quote. And I say that as somebody who has been a journalist for quite a while. Um, he's just not really, uh, a talkative type of person. You get some of these people who uh, really know how to give a good quote and, and it's not anything wrong with him. He just wasn't a great quote and they had to really work to get some information out of him, but he's been working out in LA for the last month or so, which it's about as long as uh, he's been committed to the Indiana. It seems like he committed to Indiana and then wor- went out to LA to work, which had been mentioned and I think we knew he was going out to LA to work. It's not anything out of the ordinary trace did that last year uh, when he was preparing for the NBA draft. I think Jalen hood Shafino is actually going to work out in the same place. So uh, it it wasn't a surprise that he worked out there. A lot of people do during the off season, some, some quotes he gave, some pertinent quotes, uh, why he chose IU, uh, talking about Mike Woodson. He has an NBA background, talked about him 
coaching, assistant coaching, playing in the NBA. So I can just learn from him and soak in everything he has to tell me. Uh, he said he expects his role to be way bigger. That was the quote, way bigger than at Oregon. And he's excited for that change. Referencing back to that discussion we had with Locked On Ducks uh, with Spencer, his role at Oregon was not a particularly big one. They had a number of front court guys that they eventually turned to over him. So um, I, that that won't be the case in with the Hoosiers. Like he's expected to be a contributor and is going to play a big part in the success or lack thereof for Indiana this upcoming season. He was asked what he was working on, gave kind of a very generic answer. He mentioned it a couple times, said he was working on expanding his game was a quote he said, but he did mention many times about shooting three pointers. And that was notable, mainly in the amount of times he said it. I was pulling up his stats last year. I know he struggled to shoot from three, 27%. That has to be better with his play style, with how he is going to find success in college and in the NBA. So mentioning numerous times that he's working on three-pointers is um, is notable, is important, because that is a, an area that he's going to have to be better at. He talked a little bit about how IU used Trace and how they'll use him. He was talking more about how he can be like a pick and pop big man versus how Trace was more, not more. He was pretty much solely a pick and roll big man and how that adds a different dynamic to things. And it will, it'll be really interesting to see uh, how Indiana uses that. I think him and Xavier could be a really good combo next season in the pick and roll and pick and pop and just ball screen actions. Uh, He was talking about his training said said, quote, they want to see me be more dominant, like in the post, and be stronger with the ball whenever I catch it. Again, I'm sure a lot of you watched the same tape that I did. He is a slender man. And so being stronger with the ball, whether it's in the post, whether on the perimeter, whether in the mid-range, whatever it may be, just being stronger, more dominant is exactly what You want to see, and that doesn't necessarily mean just bulking up. That just means playing with more kind of aggression and purpose and authority and those types of things. He also gave an interesting quote, a very self-aware quote, asked why he didn't enter his name into the NBA draft, even as a consideration uh, and kind of test those waters. He said he, he felt he needed to get stronger, that he needed to develop his body more. He wasn't ready for the NBA, which is, like I said, a very self-aware quote. You see a lot of guys who might have a disappointing season and say, I got to get out of here. I got to get to the NBA now. That could be slipping through my fingers. There's something to be said about somebody who can acknowledge, I'm not ready for the NBA. I got to do something else to get ready for the NBA. So I was, I was really impressed with that quote and he, that he sees Indiana as the place where he can get better and get ready for the NBA is noteworthy. I won't continue to beat that, beat that dead horse, but it is noteworthy that he sees Indiana as the place he can do that. Mike Woodson being on staff, Calvert Chaney now being on staff, those types of guys uh, being around are really going to help him. So 
I'm excited to see what he can do. We'll, we'll talk more big picture once Indiana kind of finishes up in the transfer portal. They might technically be done already. I can't imagine that they're just not going to use that final roster spot or scholarship spot. But once the dust is settled and, and it seems like Indiana at, is done, we'll talk more about some lineup, some ways Indiana can really attack teams uh, this upcoming season because Kalel Ware is going to be a big part of that this upcoming year. Thanks again, guys, for making Locked on Hoosiers your first listen every single day. Uh, every day or tomorrow on the show, we'll talk some, some women's basketball, probably talk some Mackenzie Holmes and the season she had for the Hoosiers as we do some women's basketball season recaps. So be sure to tune in throughout this week as we look back on last season, maybe look forward a little bit to next season as well. Follow us on Twitter if you have not already. Subscribe to the podcast. Leave a rating and review, all of that great stuff. Appreciate all the support as always. But most importantly, guys, I hope all of you have a fantastic start to your shorter week. And most importantly, LEO.